So I've, I've spoken before about how the Holy Spirit is a river. The, the Ruach is, is, is a, like a river because uh, it flows, it moves, it's not stagnant. Uh, it, and, and, and one thing about a river, which I think is meaningful, is that a river flows in, in only one direction. It's always going downstream. It twists and turn, but it always goes in one direction. Um, and I think that's really important because in the spirit, there really is only one direction. And, and let, me, let me explain. Um, with God, with God as well, there is only one direction. And the direction of God is always forward. That is always the direction of God. God moves forward. He doesn't move backwards. Uh, and we may think there are times that he, we're going backwards and it almost may seem like this is a time that it seems that we're going backwards. But in the spirit, the Ruach is a river and the river only goes in one direction. It doesn't, it doesn't return that way. Uh, it goes in one direction. And, and, and that direction is always downstream. It's always forward. So that is the direction of God. He's always moving us forward. Even if it seems like it's backwards, he's always pushing us forward. He's always moving us forward. There's a flow to the spirit of God. There's a progression to the spirit of God. There's a progression to what he's doing. He's always going from one thing to a greater thing. Always. He's always going from one thing to a greater thing. And that's such an encouraging word even to this day that when we we not seeing a greater thing, always know, just know that God is always going to a greater thing. There's progression. There's flow. He's not done. He's not done creating. He's not done speaking. There's always more. There's always a greater thing. There's always a new thing. There's always a new thing that is greater than the former thing. And the former thing is pretty awesome. Like, look at the scripture. There's so much that God has done. And then he says in one place that you don't even pay mind to the former things because I'm doing a new thing. So he's always doing something new that is greater than the former. He's doing a greater thing. He takes us from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. And the next glory is more glorious than the previous. The next glory is more spectacular than the previous. It doesn't mean that the last glory was not glorious. It was glorious, but where he's bringing us to and transforming us to is even greater, even more glorious than what we had before. There's former rain, there's latter rain. It doesn't mean that the former rain was not wet. It doesn't mean that the former rain wasn't refreshing. It doesn't mean that the former rain wasn't spectacular. But he speaks about a former rain and he speaks about a latter rain. And I tell you right now that this is the time today of the latter rains and the glory of the latter rains, the outpouring of the latter rains can't even compare to the former rains. You know, we all want to get back to like, I, I hear it a lot, that we want to get back to the book of Acts and we want to be like the disciples and be like the apostles. And, you know, I, I understand that. And there is something very relevant about going back to the book of Acts something very relevant about going to the book of Acts and, and seeing what they did and saying, we want to recapture that. But I got to tell you, I feel in spirit that the disciples and apostles that are the, the, the main characters of the book of Acts, they're in the cloud of witnesses rooting us on to go even farther than they did. Greater things. Even Yeshua said, greater things you will do because I go to the Father. And I think that is something 
that we can see in every generation. Greater things you will do because I go to the Father. And even as we were introduced to Vivian, uh, a new, new member of, of the tribe, a new member of, uh, of the Mishkan, a little a, a baby, I, I know, I know that the parents have, have, a, have an unction in them to say greater things you will do, not lesser things you will do, not even the same thing. Who, what parents only want their kids to just do what they did and no more? What parents want their kids to not progress even greater than them, greater than where they've gone? And I believe that that's what the disciples in the cloud of witnesses are saying. Say, don't You can read the book of Acts and be encouraged and inspired, but don't use that as your, as your barometer, as your, as your limit. Break through the limit of the book of Acts. Break through that limit and go even farther for what God has for you. There's always progression. There's always more. There's always deeper. There's always farther. A seed will turn into a, a plant. And we may plant a seed and we see it, a beautiful plant in our, in our gardens. And now that it's springtime, we can see what's coming up. But what you see in this season in our gardens is just a foreshadow again of the greater thing because it's supposed to get bigger and wider because the kingdom of God is like, it's like a perennial plant. It's not like an annual that just blooms and dies and is no more. The kingdom of God is like a perennial plant that is beautiful in its season, but then retracts back underground only to come up in a greater season to do greater things, to spread out farther. And that's where we are today. We may think that we're recluse and we're, we're quarantined. Well, you know what else is quarantined? A seed is quarantined in the ground until the time that it comes up and activates. So don't look at it as a quarantine. Look at it as, well, you know, scripture says in John 12, it says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a seed. But when it dies, it produces many seeds. How about that we are now underground and when we come out, it's going to produce much fruit many seeds. That's how I see this, and that's how we need to see it. We need to learn the lesson from the weeds. Learn the lesson from, from the weeds. Learn the lesson from the darn dandelions that are coming up in our yard. You can spray them. You can pluck them. You can put weed killer on them. You can do anything you want to them. Next season, they're coming back. They're coming back next season because all of a sudden, you're going to get one of these little you know, dying dandelion, it's got the little seed ball on it. You know, like dandelion, when it's, when it's late in the season, it, it loses its yellow and it gets this little seed ball. You could pluck it and try to kill it all you want, but some big wind is going to show up and take all those seeds in the seed ball and scatter them around. And next season, you're going to have more than you did this season. That is the lesson for the kingdom of God. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be sprayed. It cannot be pulled out. It's always preparing for a next season. Of greater, it, the seed quarantines itself, quarantines itself in the ground, but it produces many seeds, much fruit, much fruit as it comes up and it spreads out. And be encouraged by that. You may think that life has gone in reverse. You may think that the body of Messiah has gone in reverse. God has one direction. You know, I hate that band, One Direction. Anybody hear that band, One Direction? That is not my style of music. I grew up on rock and roll. I grew up on in the 70s, Billy Joel, Elton John. Once I, once I hit the 80s, I was like heavy metal, you know, like this was like the length of my hair, you know, in, you know, well, actually not really, but I was all into the, the, the heavy metal, 
in the 80s. I was always a rock guy, and the destruction of music was the advent of the boy band. So I am not into One Direction. You know, I know maybe they know some songs from you know, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, but ah. But the one revelation from the one direction is forward, forward, forward is the direction of God. So you may think that we're going backwards, but we are not. My family going backwards, we're going forwards. God saw all of this, all of this since before the foundations of the world. He is not surprised by it. And do not think this is backwards. Do not think that what we're doing today and being quarantined is backwards. It is forwards. And just think, just think of it as a seed in the ground that is ready to come out, that is ready to spring forth. That's actually the revelation of the season we're in, that we're in biblical springtime in the month of Nisan. People in Egypt came out of Egypt and they went into the wilderness. And going into the wilderness seemed backwards, didn't it? Did not the wilderness seem backwards? This is so important. Did not the wilderness seem backwards to the people of Israel, to the Hebrews who were in Egypt while they were in slavery, yet they were able to go to the stop and shop. They were able to get you know, their, their leeks and their onions and their garlic, which means they were able to go to TGI Fridays and they were able to go to Applebee's and they were able to go to their favorite restaurants and they were able to, you know, go to the, uh, the, the Red Sox game. They were able to go to Disneyland. They were able to do all these things. But it was slavery. And then they were taken out and it seemed to them that they went backwards. But the wilderness for them was forward because the wilderness is a place of intimacy with God, and it's a place of judgment with God, and it's a place of preparation, of preparation with God. And this kind of feels like we're in a wilderness experience. But remember, the wilderness was the preparation before the push out. And I'll keep going back to that. Third quarantine message, and three times I, I feel like saying, this is the preparation for the push out. And that's what the wilderness was. 40 years in the wilderness was preparation for the push out. It equates to the 40 weeks in the womb. Hello, Santoses. 40 weeks in the womb and then a push out. So why would we be in the back, back in the wilderness here as, as, as we're in the end times? Well, guess what? The prophets say that in the end times, he's bringing us back to the wilderness. And that is forward. It says in Hosea, it says in Hosea 2, it says, I will allure her, allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her in the end of time because the end redemption is going to be like the one where we came out of Egypt. So in, in the end, there's another wilderness experience. So here we are, we're in the wilderness. And I tell you right now, it is not backwards. We're not going backwards. It is forwards. It is preparation time for entering the land. And is it preparation time for the next revival? Is this preparation time for revival? Is this preparation time for revival? I am believing it. Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah said he's going to make a highway in the wilderness and rivers, one direction, rivers in the desert. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, you know, even in the wilderness, uh, in, the, in the Torah, the wilderness experience, even in the wilderness, there was progression. There was forward. There was movement. Even in the wilderness, we see in their first instance the hebrews the children of israel their first instance in the wilderness was avoiding a battle 
You know, they had, they came out here and the promised land was here, but God brought them like that way instead of that way, because if they went that way, they would have entered into battle and they would have lost heart. They were too weak. They were too frightened to enter into battle in the beginning of the wilderness experience. But at the end of the wilderness experience in the book of Deuteronomy, they enter into battle to start conquering the land. And it says that not one soldier, not one man was lost. Talk about an army with the Lord of hosts as the general. Talk about a well-oiled army. Not one soldier, not one man was lost. They went from the beginning of the wilderness where they, were, they had to avoid conflict because they were too timid and too weak to the end of the wilderness where they didn't even lose one soldier. Come on, come on. That is the progression even in the wilderness. We see um, Moses you know, where he, in the beginning of the wilderness experience, he hit the rock and that was an amazing revelation. But at the end of the wilderness experience, he was told to speak to the rock and he didn't do it. He, he went back to what he was used to. So see, there was progression, there's forward movement. God told Moses an amazing thing. That former rain was amazing. Hit the rock and water's gonna come out of it. Amazing, don't discount it, don't belittle it. The former thing is an amazing thing. Everything that God does is an amazing thing. But then God wanted to bring Moses to an even more, a greater thing. Put that staff down that you're used to and use your mouth and speak life, speak water to come out of the rock. Imagine that, speaking to a rock. Imagine speaking to a rock. Imagine speaking to a virus. There was a new thing he wanted to bring Moses to. And Joshua, Moses didn't get it, but Joshua did. Because we know Joshua, when they were conquering the land, he spoke to the sun. He didn't just say, oh, God, please extend the day so we can, I can conquer the enemies. He let God speak through him. That, fam, is the greater revelation of God speaking through you. And I, I love the verse in Joshua. It says there's Joshua 10, there's, there was no day like it before or after it. And listen, when the Lord listened to the voice of a man, for the Lord, Lord fought for Israel. Let me repeat that. There was no day like that before it or after it. When the Lord listened to the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Praise the Lord. I think this is a season where we got to start using our mouths. You know, we got to start using our mouths. Don't be like Moses to go back what we're, what, what we're used to. Let me put it this way. While we're in this state right now, we're in our homes. We can't really lay hands on the sick. We can't congregate in person. But you know what we can do? We can speak. We can speak health. We can speak life. We can speak virus. You have no impact on us. Virus, you have no authority over us. We can speak. Just like it says in Joshua, the Lord listened to the voice of a man. There was no day like it where the Lord listened to the voice of a man. Is there anybody here that believes that we're in a generation, that we're in a season, that the Lord is ready to listen to the voice of a man? And we need to activate that creative, the creative force from God to come out of our mouths. Remember, the universe was not created by a prayer. The universe was not created by God thinking it. He didn't, he didn't wiggle his nose and go, or anything like that. He 
spoken. There is power in sound. So this is the time I am believing when we say to the mountain that stands in our way, be removed and cast in the sea. This is the time that the one that says, let there be light will be activated within us and we need to speak, let there be light. This is the time that we will speak to dry bones and not just pray to God, oh God, allow these dry bones to live. But God said to the prophet, speak to the dry bones, speak to the dry bones. This is a season of speaking to dry bones. They could put us in our homes, they can lock us away, they can put a little mask on us, but they cannot stop us from speaking right where you are. And I want everyone here to exercise that as homework for this Shabbat. Don't stop speaking. Maybe we can't lay hands in this hour, but we can speak life and healing over everyone. And we don't have to be in person to do that. Remember the, the story in the Gospels of Yeshua and the centurion, where the centurion was like, Yeshua, come and heal my servant. And Yeshua was like, all right, I'll come over. And the centurion said, you don't even have to come to my house. You don't have to come. You don't have to come. You don't have to come. I'll, you just speak it. You just speak it and it will happen. And Yeshua said, that's great faith. Go and your son lives. There was another, your servant lives. There's another story in John 4, a similar story where, where Yeshua spoke from a distance. And he just, he didn't lay hands on the son. He didn't even go into the presence of the son. He just spoke it from where he is. He said, go and your son lives. This is John 4. And it says that it happened at that very hour. And then it says that this was the second miracle of Yeshua. The second miracle of Yeshua. We know the first one where he turned the water into wine. But the second miracle of Yeshua, the second, it says, he spoke healing and resurrection over a son who wasn't even in his presence. He did it from a distance. That is the second miracle. Is there anybody here believing with me that we are in the hour of the second miracle? of speaking life right where we are. There's power in your voice right now, right where you are, right where you are. So that is your homework for this Shabbat. We don't have work on Shabbat, but I'm giving you homework for Shabbat. And it is to practice this and to start speaking life. And if you know somebody that's sick, you call the person up or just speak it right from your house. You say, you are well. And speak that and let the creative force of our Father come through you. They cannot shut us up. We can be in our homes. We can go through this in a season and be good citizens so we don't inadvertently infect people with a virus that maybe we're carrying or whatever it is. But speak life. There's power in sound. Let there be light. Was, 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 yeah, he or was a sound. Sound. In the beginning, there was nothing. There was tovu vavohu. It was chaos. It was nothing. And God spoke sound over that nothing, and creation came forth. And that's the one that lives within you. This is the season to start speaking. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. And it's coming soon. This wilderness experience is always a temporary one. Remember that. The wilderness experience is always a temporary one. It is preparation. Preparation. And, you know, anybody who follows the biblical calendar can't help but to see the timing in all of this. I remember when the White House, it was on uh, March, you know, it was a week ago. I don't remember the exact day. 
but, and, and they said, you know, in two weeks, this is going to get really bad. And I remember looking at the calendar and that was exactly two weeks to Passover, exactly two weeks to Passover. How can you not think of Passover, a holiday, when the Jews, the Israelites, the Hebrews put blood on the doorposts of their house? And the angel of death, the plague, passed over their house. How can we not be thinking of that in this time that we're kind of dealing with a plague? And this is why I think it's very, very important, very important for each of us to tune in to when the Glovers are be, will be doing their Passover Seder from their home. Tune into it, follow along, and let's keep the Passover in our homes. That is the celebration where the plague passed over the house. Are you in? Are you doing it with me? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go word for word, right with, right with Nate and Megan. We're going to all do it together, even though we're separate. Maybe we'll use Zoom for it. Who knows? Uh, so we can read together interactively. But I, I just think it's important for Jews and Christians, the whole body of Messiah, as a simple act of obedience to keep the Passover during this time um, while there's a plague going on. And maybe the push out is Pentecost. Maybe the push out is Pentecost. Got to keep our eye on that because, you know, there was Passover with Yeshua and he died on Passover and he resurrected on the third day. And then there was a waiting time, kind of a, 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 a wilderness time for the disciples. And then it was Pentecost, at Shavuot, and they were pushed out. Maybe around Pentecost, which is like the very, very end of May, which is kind of when they're saying, who knows, I don't know what they're saying. But maybe around that time is the time of the push out. All right. So that is your homework. Remember to speak life, speak life right where you are, speak health, speak healing, and keep an eye on the calendar and keep an eye on, on Passover and these days. It's going to be so important this year. The counting of the Omer from Passover to Shavuot every day. Oh man, it's going to be so important for us, I think, in this hour to do that. Amen. Can I unmute everybody? Can we just do another hallelujah? Let me just unmute. Hallelujah. 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 H